0: Grace and mercy and peace be with you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. As I mentioned during the announcements, but I tell you again, right now, today we are beginning a new sermon series called Beginning God's Way. And I've given it this title because what we will be doing uh, for the next 12 weeks is studying the first 25 chapters of the book of Genesis. And what we will see in these first 25 chapters from the beginning of the Bible are how God began everything, but also the new beginnings that God gives to his people over and over again in the book of Genesis. I will say it right here, right from the start. If we do not have a correct understanding of Genesis, in particular chapters 1 through 25, we will struggle to have a correct understanding of the rest of the Bible, even when it comes to who Jesus is and what he has done for us and what he will do when he returns. And so we need to begin here in Genesis chapter 1, where it all begins with five simple words, in the beginning, God created. In the beginning, God created us five simple words. Right off the bat, though, I need to tell you what I am not going to do today. What I am not going to do is enter into an academic or theological debate about the differences between creation Or evolution or some variation of intelligent design or some other idea whatever it is that other people believe about the origins of all that we have here. I am NOT going to do that today. There's simply too much to cover in that conversation and if you want to have that conversation I would absolutely love to. Let's grab lunch or coffee and talk about it, okay? Reach out to me, I'd love to. That's what I'm not going to do today. What I am going to do today is preach the way that the scriptures teach. Because it's important for us to know how it is that we are going to begin and what our foundation is going to be. So what will be our foundation? What will be our starting point for understanding the Bible and our knowledge of the the world around us? What will be our foundation? Will it be God's word or will it be man's word? Will we begin with God's word as our foundation, or will we begin with what it is that man has to say and then try to interpret God's word through what man has to say? Here in this place, in this church, God's word is our foundation God's word is our starting point. It is where we look first. It is where we look last. If at all, if at any times we look at man's word about anything, it always must be interpreted and seen through the lens of God's word. All right. God's word is our beginning point and God's word is our end point. So this is where we are starting. This is where we're starting. We are starting with this Point. God's word is our foundation. God's word is our foundation. Therefore, in the beginning, God created. This is where the title Genesis comes from. Genesis uh, is an English variation of the Greek title of the Hebrew uh, book of Genesis. All right. So, Genesis in Greek can mean uh, birth or genealogy or a history of origins. Um, Genesis was originally written in Hebrew, and in the Hebrew Bible, uh, they didn't really give books titles, they just gave them the first few uh, words of whatever the book is. So in Hebrew, the name of the book is the Hebrew word for in the beginning, all right? So either way, in Hebrew, in the beginning, or in Greek, Genesis, meaning birth, uh, they're both fitting because they both have to deal with Beginnings, right? How things start, how things came to be. So all throughout, Genesis is a book of beginnings. It's a book of beginnings. Genesis 1, it it indicates the beginnings of the heavens and the earth, light and darkness, sea and sky, land and vegetation, sun and moon and stars, sea and air and land, animals and human beings. It, it, it indicates and teaches us all about these beginnings of the known natural world. But Genesis also tells of the beginnings of sin and redemption, blessing and cursing, society and civilization, marriage and family, on and on. Genesis deals with all of these beginnings. Uh, throughout church history, church tradition, and even modern-day scholars, um, the, the, uh, the, the person who... Uh, we believe wrote the book of Genesis is Moses, all right? Moses is attributed as the author of the book of Genesis. Obviously, he wasn't there at the beginning, but uh, the oral tradition of the Hebrews would have passed these stories on. Uh, The other books associated with Moses or attributed to him were the next four as well, so the first five books of the Bible. Likely, Moses wrote this book as the Israelites were wandering in the wilderness, which, if you're a history buff, happened sometime between 1446 and 1406 B.C., so about 3,500 years ago. Moses wrote these words, and he started it all with Genesis 1:1. These five simple words again, in the beginning God created. And that word create, the word create in the Hebrew language, and in particular in the Old Testament writings, This Hebrew word is only used to talk about God's creative activity, all right? Think about this. It's only used to talk about God's creative activity, not about what humans make or create. It's a different word. So when we say God created, it's different than when man created. Why is it a different word? Because the the process is different. The power is different. The authority to create is different for God than it is with humans. All right, here's a little joke for you, and I'm going to preface it as a joke so you know that it's a joke. All right, there was a man who challenged God about who could make a better human being. And and God, you know, delightfully said, you're on. (laughs) And the man was giddy with excitement, and so he bent down, and he scooped up a handful of dust, and God looked at him and said, no, no, no. You go and make your own dust. And that, that's the joke. All right, so in the beginning, God created. In the beginning, God created. How did he create? What does verse 3 say? And God said, let there be. God spoke, and it was. That simple. That simple. And what did God use to create all that there is? nothing. God created everything out of nothing. This is one of the best definitions of who God is in opposition to everything else, false gods, people, etc. It is that God can create out of nothing. Out of nothing, God can create. Think about this. God can only create, God is the only one who can create out of nothing. If you and I want to create something, we have to use something that was already made, right? Even if it is our own original ideas that we have in our brains, you still did not create your own brain. (laughs) You just can't get away from it, right? And, and I love to think that I have my own original ideas, too. I have tons of good original ideas. My wife even knows it. She bought me a, a waterproof uh, pad in the shower that I can scribble all my ideas on, right? But just recently, uh, my, my wife made me know that once, in, once again, somebody stole one of my original ideas and they published the book that I should have published uh, it's going around the internet right now, in particular because today's uh, Father's Day, and so this book just came out. It's called 25 Lay Down Daddy Games, all right? So uh, I'll show you an example. Turn, Turn to the next one. It's a little bit small print, but it says, this is a game that dads can play with their kids. Buried treasure. Daddy is a treasure. Bury them so the bad pirates don't steal them. Get creative with what they can use to bury you. Try blankets and pillows from the bad piles of stuffed animals. Remember, you're going to need to do it a couple times with different objects to maintain interest, right? Dads can play games laying down with their kids. Isn't that a genius idea? If, dads, if you don't know this, you got to get on this. You should buy the book, or I can give you more ideas. My wife was always amazed that I could get my kids to play with me while I was laying down. Shh, they're good stuff, it's good stuff. All right, so I lost this original idea, right? But, you know, it is Father's Day, and so to those of you who are here, I must say to you, happy Father's Day. Those of you who have kids, what a joy it is to be a dad, right? My prayers are with you. I walk with you in this journey as we teach our children to pursue Jesus with all they have. I still remember last Father's Day, uh, waking up early in the morning as I do on Sundays to uh, a crazy storm that was going on in our community, right, that that drastically affected our, our world as we know it locally. Uh, those of you who have just uh, sort of come into our church within the last year, those of you who are guests here, we actually canceled services on that day, which uh, I would, never would have thought I would have done in the middle of the summer. But um, my, my drive here was a, was a crazy morning. If you don't know the story, I can tell it to you later. But uh, I, I saw pictures and videos of all that was going on in the community, uh, and it just seemed like the right thing to do. Many of you would not have made it here anyways. You know, when we think about tragedies like that, natural disasters, and, and on a day where we're talking about kind of the natural world and the created order, maybe you find yourself asking the question: You know, where is God, as tragedies like that occur or natural disasters? If God is the God of creation, why why does all that sort of stuff happen as well? Let me just say it like this: uh, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. And I want you to come back in two weeks. (laughs) When we get to Genesis chapter 3 and dealing with the fall into sin, uh, we're actually going to talk about that how not only humans are affected by sin, but also the natural world as well. So I got to just tell you come on back. We will address that question. All right? Today is Father's Day, though, right? And, And that's, in a sense, what Genesis 1 is all about God is our creator, God is our father. And, and what can a father do? What, what is it that only God can do? Give life, right? So let me show you how it is that Genesis 1 was written to demonstrate how God gave life and how life began. Let me say it like this. God is a God of order. God is a God of order. And this is a key point if you're reading Genesis 1. When you read Genesis 1, Genesis 1 was written in an intentional, structured way to show you that God is a God of order and purpose. I could give you a lot more detail here, but we just don't have time, and frankly, I don't want to bore you, so I'm just going to say it like this. God is a God of order. He is a God of purpose. He is a God of structure. And when you look at the six days of creation in Genesis 1, you can see order. There are days of... Forming, there are days of filling. That is, the earth and all that is was formed, and there are days of filling where the earth was then filled with habitation and animals and life. Days of forming, days of filling. There is great structure and detail intentionally in Genesis 1. This would be a little good homework for you. Go home, read Genesis 1 and the six days of creation, and just note what it is that you see about how it is structured. You know, so many people, when looking at Genesis 1, or maybe not even Genesis 1, when just thinking about the world and the natural world, so many people want to get into the questions of date and time and how and when and how long and all of those things about the natural world. And I just want to say again, if you wanna have those conversations with me, let's grab lunch and let's grab coffee because I think all of you have different questions about what's going on and what, what, what it is that the world uh, is and, and how it came to be. But if you want to know, if, if you're thinking, what is it that pastor believes? What is it that our church believes? Pastor, do you believe in a literal six day, 24 hour day period creation with a relatively young earth? Yes, I do. And why do I believe that? Because God's word is our foundation, and that's what God's word says, all right? Again, I know that some of you have different questions or ideas about that. Let's grab coffee, let's grab lunch, and talk about it, all right? But think about it like this. this This is the key point for today. Think about it like this. What are most of the debates about when it comes to Genesis 1? We want to know the origins. God wants us to know the order. Let me say that again. We want to know the origins. God wants us to know the order. And what is the most important order? That in the beginning, God created. Therefore, all things begin with God, and all things belong to God. Let me say that again. All things begin with God, and all things belong to God. If we cannot get that right, we will not understand the scriptures, we will not understand the seriousness of our sin, we will not understand who Jesus is, why he had to come, or what he's going to do when he returns all things begin with God, all things belong to God. He is creator, we are creation. In the beginning, God created. Now, Genesis, it is, as I said, a book about beginnings, it is a book about order, and it's a book about relationships. Relationships between God and nature, between God and humanity, between humanity and nature, between humanity and humanity. It's all about relationships. And today is Father's Day. And isn't it fitting that on this Father's Day, we're beginning where God begins, right? And with God our Father creating all that is. And when we end this sermon series in September, in Genesis chapter 25, you know where where Genesis 25 takes us? To the death of Abraham, You know what the name Abraham means? Literally, the father of many. And so here we have it on this Father's Day. We are brought into life because God is our creator. And how was humanity created? This is the last point. How was humanity created? In the image of God. So what should that mean for us? Our lives as humans should look like God in some ways. We should emulate God in the way that we live our lives. People should look at us and say, wow, you're different. For example, my wife, uh, Abby, and my, my brother's wife, Emily, I, I have one brother, all right? My brother lives in Texas, and independent of each other, my wife and my brother's wife, we've found out that both of them oftentimes say to me and to my brother, oh, Bob, Bob, bob is my dad's name all right and so oftentimes they say this when we are acting with my dad's most admirable traits right <laughs> oh bob right oh bob come to find out my mom has always said the same thing to my dad but she's always said to him oh gus right that's my dad's name my, my grandpa's name right so what can I say? The Gehrke genes are strong, and our annoying traits are even stronger, right? So (laughs) as we are, you know, biologically, we come from our fathers, and, and we just can't help, even if we look like our fathers, but we have some of those natural traits of our fathers. So it should be in our lives that every one of us should have the marks of the image of God in us, so that when people look at us They see our Savior. So this is what I want you to think about when you leave here today. Does anyone ever say to you, wow, you look like Jesus. You love like you want nothing in return. How is it that you are forgiving me again? You're going to give me another chance and welcome me back? For those of you who are fathers, you know how you would do absolutely anything for your children God, who is your Father, has done anything, and he has done everything for you, his beloved children. God is always looking at you and saying, I am your Father. I made you. I created you. I love you. I died for you. I rose for you. I will always forgive you. I will always love you, and I will make it all better. I promise you. God is the one who created everything, Therefore, God is the only one who can fix everything and make it all better. This is why we have to understand this correctly. Jesus will come, and Jesus will make things all better for all of eternity. Go in God's grace and his peace in his name. You are loved children of God. Amen.